The Shep Nas Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Nas Podcast, a podcast at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to help people take their next step toward Jesus. This podcast is part of it. We want to help you engage daily in your spiritual development. Today, uh, we've got kind of part three. And looking back at the sermon this past week, we're looking at in First Peter, um, first few verses really. And yesterday, if you missed it, we talked about what it looks like for God to kind of refine us in trials, refine us with suffering sometimes. It's, you're not going to miss that. Go back and watch that. Go check out the message. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. And today we're going to kind of go through the rest of the sermon um, and kind of pick right back where we left off. So Pastor Rob... Let's dive in, man. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so um, this is part three, and we usually try to do just two podcasts, but there's a lot in this one, and yeah. I mean, that hardly ever happens, so uh, we'll go ahead and do the third one. But we started off talking about, um, you know, Peter's writing to those who are exiled. Yep. They're, they're, they've, been, they've been dispersed, or they're the diaspora. Can't talk now. They are the diaspora, and they've been dispersed mm-hmm. because of persecution. So Peter's writing this letter. First thing he does is says, "No matter where you are, or what's happened to mm-hmm. you, don't forget who you are, yep. and who you are is based on nothing that's happened to you, but what God has already done for mm-hmm. you." So he talks about their relationship with God and how it changes their identity, yep. and then he starts talking about because you're a Christian, you have this inheritance also. And even though you've lost everything that you just had in mm-hmm. this this Rome burning down and you lost your homes and lost loved ones and all kinds of things, um, you have an inheritance that's waiting for you. And, and he's kind of listing some of these things for them mm-hmm. that are there. One of them is their, their reward in heaven, but he talks about these are some other things that you possess as a believer. And today we're just talking about two more of those, the last two, and, and in verse Eight, Peter says this. He says, you love him, talking about Jesus, even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And so Peter's talking about people. He says like, you know, I know you've never seen Jesus. And, but what's interesting is that they're only living 30 years after Jesus died mm-hmm. and was resurrected and ascended back to heaven. But many of them never saw Jesus, mm-hmm. but they knew people that did, and they've heard the message from Jesus. And so Peter's like, you haven't seen him. I've seen him. You haven't seen him, but you love him. And there's, there's, there's value in that, right? And I think that what Peter's doing here is that he's encouraging the church, um, and he's encouraging these people who maybe have never seen Jesus, who are going through these really difficult mm-hmm. times, um, and, and uh, they'd heard about him, but they've never seen him. And the reality is he's talking to people just like us. Like, yeah. we've heard about Jesus, yeah. but we've never seen him. Absolutely. Um, so he's kind of sharing these things, and what he shares with them is kind of important to us. And so so in this desire to encourage him in the midst of their exile, he thinks back to some, I think Peter kind of thinks back to something that happened to him and the other disciples. Mm-hmm. And so shortly after the resurrection, Jesus had appeared to many of the disciples. Like, so Jesus died, he was resurrected, and, and before he ascended back to heaven, he, he kind of w- walked among the disciples mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and at this part, particular time, Jesus had appeared to many of the disciples, but Thomas had not yet seen him, right? Mm-hmm. And so the disciples are gathering together, and Thomas is with them, and they're all like, Thomas, this is awesome. Jesus is alive. We've seen him. You know, this is amazing. But Thomas couldn't wrap his head around it. Thomas is like, no, I was there. I saw him die. I saw him put in the the tomb. I saw the blood. I saw it all. Uh, I haven't, haven't seen him. And so Thomas even says to the disciples, and this is in the book of John, 
unless I see the nail marks and put my fingers where the nails were, I'm not going to believe. Yeah. Right. So this is kind of where the whole doubting Thomas phrase yeah, comes from. Because yeah, I mean, but the disciples had seen him, but Thomas hasn't. So so he's like, yeah, unless I see the nail marks, put my fingers in them, I'm not going to believe. So one week later, after this conversation, the disciples are all together and they're in this locked room. Like they're all in a room and the doors are locked. And the Bible says that Jesus walks right through the walls and into the room, right? That would freak you out, first of all. <laughs> uh, uh, but Jesus now has a glorified body because he died and he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, so he has this glorified body. So when Jesus walks through the, the door or the wall, he walks right up to Thomas, right? And he puts out his hands for Thomas to see and touch. And so it's like he knew the conversation happened. I don't know if somebody told him or whatever, but he knew. He walks right up to Thomas, puts his hands out, and Thomas puts his finger right in the nail marks, right? And in mm-hmm. the side. Uh, and and Thomas replies, "My Lord and my God," right? So he's like, "Yeah, this is this is him." And so Thomas is like thinking this all, whole thing through, and and Peter was there, right? Peter saw all this happen, but I think what's even more powerful than the moment where where Thomas says, "My Lord and my God," is what Jesus said next, um, and it's so powerful that Peter remembers it thirty years later. I mean, this guy had a great memory, right? Jesus said to him, "You believe Thomas because you have seen me." but blessed are those who believe without seeing me, mm-hmm. right? And so so Peter's writing this letter to the exiled church, many people who have never seen Jesus, who are contemplating, do I want to keep this faith? Because this is costing me a lot, right? And, yeah. and Peter's like, I know you haven't seen him physically, but, but Jesus can, you can still receive blessing by continuing to believe, yeah. yeah. And, so, and so this word that Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing me, the word is makarios, um, and it means for to be characterized by happiness and divine favor. And so, so Peter reminds them that even though they haven't seen Jesus, they're believing in Him and they're experiencing Him, and they're they're receiving blessing. And so, I can't imagine how encouraging this would be to them to think that I don't have to see Him; I just believe in Him, mm-hmm. and my life can be hap- characterized by happiness and divine favor. And so. Peter is like trying to really encourage them uh, right there. Uh, And I think that would have been an encouraging thing for them. And then the last thing, verse 9 says this, almost the last thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 9, Peter says, um, and your further reward for trusting will be the salvation of your souls. All during the season of Lent, we are reading through the Gospels as we draw closer to Easter. We invite you to join us. Download the Shep Naz mobile app from your app store or go to shepnaz.org forward slash Lent. There you will find links to scripture for each day with a few breaks along the way in case you need to catch up. And so when you read this passage of scripture, it almost seems like Peter is saying that one day in the future, you're going to receive the reward of your faith, right? Which is salvation. There's an element where he's talking about what's going to happen one day. But again, um, what what's important to understand the gr- Greek grammatical structure, it's important because what Peter's actually saying is that right now, at this very moment, you are obtaining your reward. Mm-hmm. Like you are experiencing this salvation. And so mm-hmm. what Peter's saying is that you are receiving a constant present deliverance from the penalty and the power of sin from its guilt, from its condemnation, from its wrath, from its ignorance, from its distress, confusion, hopelessness, and domination. All words the Bible used to talk about the penalty of sin, mm-hmm. but they're being delivered from it presently, right now. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, there's a reward coming in the future, 
But salvation now is what we experience now. And Peter's like, you're receiving the, you possess this abiding salvation. Mm -hmm. Like it's with you now. It's not like something you're going to get in the future. It's like you're experiencing the benefit of that now. Um, And so Peter's just like, I just want to remind you of how incredible this salvation is. And then he does this one thing. And when I was studying, it was kind of like, I don't know how to understand this kind of thing. But then it kind of came to me, um, or the Lord helped me with it. And Peter says these things. He says this salvation. He, ta- he starts talking about this salvation, right? And in order to talk about salvation, what Peter does is he goes all the way back to the prophets to make this case. And the case he's trying to make to the Christians in, 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 uh, that are in the dispersion is that this salvation you have is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And so he says, first of all, the prophets pursued the meaning of salvation that they prophesied, but they didn't fully understand it. So here's what he says. He says, this salvation was something the prophets did not fully understand, though they wrote about it. They had many questions as to what it all could mean. He says, they wondered what the spirit of Christ within them was talking about, for he told them to write down the events which since then have happened to Christ, his suffering and his great glory afterwards. And they wondered when and to whom all this would happen. And they were finally told that these things would not occur during their lifetime, but long years later, during your lifetime, talking to the people mm-hmm. that he's writing to, right? And he says, and now at last, this good news has been plainly announced to all of us. It was preached to us in the power of the same heavenly sent Holy Spirit who, who spoke to them. And it is so strange and wonderful that even the angels in heaven would give a great deal to know more about it. So four things really quick as we wrap this up. First of all, what Peter is saying is that this salvation is so incredible that in the Old Testament, the prophets talked about it, but yeah. they didn't understand it. Like they didn't know about Jesus. They knew he was coming, but they didn't have the right understanding of the Messiah and who mm-hmm. he was, what he's going to be like, right? They were thinking he's going to come as this conquering king and he came as a suffering servant. Then Peter goes on, he says, the Holy Spirit told them ahead of time what was going to happen, but they still didn't understand it. So like the prophets are 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 making prophecies about it. The mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's telling them what to say and they still don't get it. And then finally it says that they were told that these things would not occur during their lifetime. So unfortunately for everybody in the Old Testament, they never had the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet Jesus or experience that. They just knew it was coming. But Peter's like, but Jesus came mm-hmm. and we preached about it. Like we've seen him, we've heard him, we've we've touched him and we've listened to him and, and all those kinds of things. And he says, and we've preached the gospel and it's available to everybody since Jesus has finally come. So he's like saying, there's been people for his, in all of history prior to 30 years ago we're waiting for this thing that you get to experience, right? And then he says, and this salvation is so compelling that even angels are intrigued by it. Like <laughs> angels are never going to be able to get saved because they're created beings, right? They're they're created to serve God. They don't experience salvation the way we do. And Peter says, this, this salvation is such a big deal that the angels hear about it. They're intrigued <laughs> yeah, by they it. And they kind of lean in and yeah, trying says, to figure out more. They would more. give a great deal to know more about it. And mm-hmm. all that Peter's really trying to do is like, this salvation is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and this is your inheritance. He says, this is your identity is wrapped up in this. Your inheritance is wrapped up in this. And it's it's yours. Like this salvation is a big deal. It's significant. I want to make sure mm-hmm. that you know and understand that. And so, so as we talk about this for three days, I think the most important thing to know is that if you've been listening to this and you have a relationship with Jesus, that's amazing. Yep. We should make sure that we understand our identity, we understand what we've inherited because of our relationship, and then live in that. Mm-hmm. And not let, 
not let what has happened to us in the past define us, but be defined by what God has already done for us. But if you're listening to this and you've never, like, you've never asked Jesus into your heart, none of this is true of you, but it could be true of you yeah. if you would be willing to in begin the, a relationship with Jesus. And the blink of an eye, it could be. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't say this in one of the uh, other episodes, but I meant to, but it's like, when we pray and ask Jesus into our heart, the Bible says you become a new creation, right? Something that never existed before. And what happens is our identity changes in 33 ways. Like the mm-hmm. Bible lists out 33 things that happen to us at the moment of salvation. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, I don't know anything about this stuff, but you would like to have a relationship with Jesus, we'd love to give you just an yeah. opportunity right now yeah. to do that. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes. You can pray <laughs> with your eyes open. But if you're yeah. somewhere and you want to pray this prayer, you could pray a prayer that goes something like this, and you could pray it with us. Dear God, I recognize now that you love me and that you care about me and that you have a plan for my life. And I also recognize that I've sinned and done things that I shouldn't do and that has affected my relationship with you. I confess all of those things that I've done that were wrong as sin, and I ask you to forgive me of those things. And I know that you can forgive me because you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. So I surrender my heart to you, and I give it to you, and I ask that you would come into my life and change me from the inside to the outside. Make me the person that you intended me to be. Help me to be this new creation and help me to figure out what that means and understand that and live out my new identity and my new inheritance. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen. I know I didn't leave a long time for you to follow along with that, but if they, hopefully that helped. But, you can play it back on 0.5 speed. Yeah, there you go. That'd be great. <laughs> but listen, if you if you have prayed that prayer, I mean, we would love to know and we would love to help you however we can. If you ever have any questions, let us know. We do whatever we can to help you out. Then the last thing that I think is really important is that that you know we all have these trials and challenges and difficulties mm-hmm. that we go through. And I think one of the things that we could walk away with from the book of First Peter is that every one of them has a purpose in our life. Mm-hmm. And that if I would, rather than complain about them and gripe about it, ask the question, God, what are you doing in my life? How are you, you what are you trying to do to teach me through this trial? What do I need to learn to become more like the person you want me to be? we would benefit from our trials better. Mm -hmm. They're not fun. I mean, Peter even said they're distressing, they're stressful, they're heavy, it creates suffering, but at least some good can come out of it, Mm -hmm. but you have to look for it. And so I would just encourage you to do that as well. So yeah, so that's the the first 12 verses of 1 Peter chapter one. And we're good. Yep. Well, it's going to wrap up our episode today. My thanks to Pastor Rob for breaking that down with us. And we're going to keep talking about First Peter. So if you've missed any messages, you can find those on our website. We encourage you to come out on Sunday, either here in Gehanna in Johnstown, or you can catch it online. We'd love for you to be a part of this new message series. If you have any questions or comments, you can get a hold of us, podcast at shepnaz.org. And of course, you can find out everything that's happening through our website, social media pages, and on the app. Thanks to Rob for being here and for Joe being on the board. And thank you for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.